coffee, man, yeah. Man! With Dan and Ryan, this is Walk the Line, and then I go like this, peace. Okay, everybody, welcome back. This is Walk the Line, episode five, with me, Dan Cryer, and my friend, Ryan Smith. Ryan, say hello to everybody. Hello, 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 hello. Nice. <laughs> you did good. He did, did, I think he did a good job saying hello. Ryan, is there anything else you'd like to add? How are you feeling this week? You feeling good this week, buddy? I'm feeling pretty good. I'm ready, to, I'm ready for the weekend to be here, that's for sure, man. And uh, enjoy a nice Saturday of college football and uh, Sunday of pro football, let me tell you. It does make everything better, honestly. You know, like, it makes Thursday better because I'm like, tomorrow's Friday yeah, and Saturday's yep. football. I, I can't wait. And, and it's... <clears throat> We are into week six of NCAAF, NCAA college football, and week five of NFL. So this is now the part of the season where we like it. We're seeing conference matchups in college. We're seeing teams uh, really set themselves apart in NFL. Yeah, we got the first week of Big Ten football here. That's exciting for Mm -hmm. us on the campus of East Lansing and Michigan State. That's right. And what's cool, uh, right now Ryan and I are going to do a quick recap of last week to wrap it up. and uh, then I don't even want, I'm going to leave the room for this one, I think. We'll do it yeah. fast. <laughs> it got ugly for both of us on different days, Saturday and Sunday. And then we're going to have a special friend of mine who's an expert on Iowa Hawkeye football uh, call in. And you say, why would we do that? That's because the Michigan State Spartans on Saturday are going to travel to Iowa City to play the Iowa Hawkeyes in their first Big Ten match of the season. And that's going to be a, 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 a tough call because it's really close. The the, that game opened up with Iowa favored by one point, and now Michigan State is favored by one and a half. So either way you look at it, it's almost a pick 'em game. So we're going to get Todd on the phone soon. So, all right, Ryan, I'm going to here's where here's where the tough part goes. Well, yeah, sorry, Ryan, I I was close. <laughs> I just was close on the wrong end of it. That's for sure. Yeah, exactly. And I mean that that's the thing. It happened to me a couple weeks ago, and and last week everything kind of broke my way for the second straight Saturday. I had I finally feel back to normal. I mean our spreads were off. But but point-wise, I think you and me both yes. did a great job of predicting how games would go sequentially. Yeah. You know, there was a couple games where the spread we were off by just two or one point. So that's, well, the, that's I'm going to explain well, my anger over Ohio State-Wisconsin here in a second right, about that. Ahead, but he is correct. So the first game that we picked last week was... Um, South Carolina minus seven at Central oh, this Florida. One, this one got me. This was a bad way to start and my Saturday. To, to, and the way the game went is that South or Central Florida looked great, and then South Carolina scored a barrage of touchdowns. And then at the very end, South uh, Central Florida—I want to call them South Florida. Central Florida was down ten and got like an eighty-yard pass and punched in a touchdown. Final score was twenty-eight twenty-five. So Ryan predicted that South Carolina was going to cover the seven points. I predicted exactly correctly that South Carolina would, or that South Carolina would. Only win by three, so I got that right. So uh, uh, and the over under was fifty three, and the final score was twenty eight twenty five. So there you go. All right. So that, that and I just uh, that's a push. Okay. The second game, uh, Oklahoma Notre Dame. I had Oklahoma covering that three and a half points at Notre Dame. They ended up winning thirty five twenty one in a game that I can't believe scored so many points. But and I, and I talked myself into Notre Dame winning that game somehow on yeah, the show. He last said twenty four twenty one, and he was wrong. And Notre Dame, we're going to get to them. They play uh, at home against Arizona State this week, so Brian Kelly might be in for for trouble. Okay, so then third game was the big game in the SEC: LSU at Georgia, and this is where we both were correct correct Mundo about the over. We just were like, this baby is going to be high scoring. Final score was forty four forty one. Yeah, I there believe. was no doubt, no doubt now because it was over under was 62 and it, I mean that finals up at 85 so it went over and you know just there was 11 minutes to go in the third mm-hmm. quarter and it went over and that one I picked LSU to win the game which because they were three-point underdogs to the dogs and Ryan picked Georgia to cover so I I got that what, what was the spread? Was, I mean it pushed it was three it was, it was three we and only I had them winning by four but the, the main point for me in that one was Georgia was gonna win that game 
Right. He was correct about that. And and that's a huge one. And he's been calling Georgia Bulldogs season correctly. So if you're from Athens, Georgia, or like them, you should talk, listen to what Ryan says because he knows everything about Georgia. And they're going to play Tennessee this week. So, okay. The game that really made me angriest was the Ohio State-Wisconsin game. Ohio State was at home, favored by seven. And I had picked Ohio State to win by three. Ryan had picked them to win by seven. They ended up winning by what? Three? Seven. They won by... Ryan picked them to win by six. They ended up covering. So we were both wrong about that. But we both picked the over. We said lots of points, lots of points. Ryan had it at 56. I had it at uh, 71. Or no, 66 Ryan had it. So we thought it was way over. So when we taped Walk the Line last week, the over-under was 54 and a half. And we said over, over. At the day of the game, it was at 55 and a half. And Ryan and I still said over, over, over. Take the over. The final score, it ended up 34 to 20. Or it was it was right at 55. Yeah, it pushed. I'm, I'm, I, like I should that. have the score for me. This is the one game I don't have, but I know it was at 55. So and and it stayed under by one half point. So that made me completely furious. And I and Wisconsin was down 10 and went for a field goal to end it. 31 so. 24. 31-24, there you go. So Ohio State covered the 6.5 or 7 or pushed it, but in the game stayed under. So that's that shows you how, how accurate these lines are because it's an aggregate market. The market, the, the betting market pushes the lines up and down to where the public sees fit based on their intake of, of statistics, which is what we're doing here, their analysis of statistics. People put money on one side or the other, and it pushes the lines up or down. Now, the last game that I was right about on Saturday that was Ryan was wrong about, we were both correct about the over in that one is Texas. Texas A&M in Arkansas. Which is what we liked most on that anyways, was the over. Yeah, we liked the over, which was 68 and a half, and it, I, the, I believe the final score was like 48 to 35 or something like that. It, they, they, and the weird thing was when we taped last week, Texas A&M was minus three, and we're like, what? It jumped all the way up to 14 and a half. Yeah, I think that might have just been a misprint, but it, I don't it was know. on It was, it on, was on real. So somebody like Floyd Mayweather must have just put <laughs> $9 billion on Texas A&M or something. You know what I mean? Because it just flew. So the thing was, that's a quick recap of me doing really well and Ryan doing poorly. So let's get to Sunday and, do, and flip the script, as it says. Okay, last, the Sunday recap goes like this. Okay, and what, you would think I would have it. Okay, here we go. Chicago, Detroit. We were both incompletely wrong. We, wow, that we, game surprised a lot of people in this area. Yeah, well, I mean, people are people are not fair weather fans here in Detroit. They really like their Lions here in Michigan. No matter and what, Ryan and I are from Illinois. We we're not Bears fans, but we thought that the Bears were the better team, and we said, "Oh, of course, the Bears not only are three point underdogs, the Bears are going to go in there and show Detroit their boss." Detroit was up forty to sixteen at one point, and Chicago or forty to. I know the Chicago's They were up big. It doesn't matter. The Lions tried to pull the Lions and let the Bears back into it, but they held them off at the end. It, it was horrible. The, all I know is that, that the Bears looked bad. Uh, the Lions scored about 30 points in the second quarter, and... And so uh, it, it did go over. We were right about that, but uh, we were both wrong. Now let's get into the portion where Ryan starts becoming correct. Now, oh, actually, we were both right about Seattle at Houston. Seattle took a miraculous comeback. Man, what a bad job through. He, he spun around. He turned his back to the entire play and then made a back-footed pass across mm-hmm. the field to the best cornerback Richard Sherman. in the league. Yep. And he took it. And you know that tied the game at twenty, and then and Seattle went in the overtime, covered, in overtime, covered the two and a half, and and a friend of ours was really happy about that. And so then, and then this game last week, New York Giants at Kansas City, I had said that the Giants were gonna. That's the game they won. And Ryan said, "No, Kansas City's really tough to beat at home." And so eventually on Sunday, I came around and agreed with Ryan. But on the show, I was wrong. So Ryan was completely right about that. Kansas City dominated and won thirty-one-seven, and the Giants are just a, a train wreck. Here's another game Ryan was right about. Pittsburgh and London played the Minnesota Vikings. And the Minnesota Vikings made the Pittsburgh Steelers. They said, who are you, Ben Roethlisberger? You're 0-4. Go home. Minnesota, you go home, too. And then Roethlisberger came out after the game and said they're the worst team in the NFL. So He that, said that about himself or yep. Minnesota? <laughs> that would be even better. No, he said the Steelers are the worst team in the NFL. Yeah, that that's not going to help uh, help things in Pittsburgh. That's an ugly situation there. And so uh, Ryan was correct about that, and I was wrong. Okay, another game where... We were both right, so I, you know, I did all right. It was Denver. We thought Denver would shellac Philly. It was what fifty-two to twenty or something. Man, that beautiful. How, how good are they? <laughs> Thank you, Denver. <laughs> Literally, I love Denver all year long. They've been killing teams with the over. This week, we're going to talk about them. So we were right about that. And then Dallas uh, was at San Diego. Ryan correctly picked San Diego to win the game. I had Dallas, so way to go, Ryan. 
And then on, we both picked Atlanta to win the game. I changed my mind later on. Yeah, you ended up. You texted me and we're like, ah, I'm going to England. Yep. But then Ryan, Ryan got Monday night right big time. I had Miami covering the six and a half, and Ryan did, did that. So Drew Brees. Yeah. So Ryan, Ryan's doing great. So the the good news is though, I think we're really hitting on the over unders a lot. We're that's our expertise, and and we're always close. I mean, these these point spreads are always going to be extremely close. So. Real quick now, Ryan, I'm going to now start our NCAA portion for week six. So I have a couple guests here. So let me just get the door here for a friend of mine here. Okay. And then let me set up the phones here because my friend Todd's going to call. And so hang on one sec because I'm going to go get Todd. And when I'm back, we're going to introduce our other guest here with Ryan and me. And then we're going to talk to Todd for a second. Okay, now that we've recapped last week's picks, what we're going to do is get into NCAA Week 6 here, and these games are going to be played October 5th, 2013. And the first game that we're going to talk about is the game du jour, I guess, of the week. See, that makes no sense here at Michigan State. And that is Michigan State is going to Iowa City to play the Iowa Hawkeyes. So, I'm going to introduce everybody here in one second, but first, let me push. I've got a, I got a caller on the phone, and I'm going to introduce him, so hold on. Okay, you are listening to Walk the Line, and you're calling in to Walk the Line. Can you hear me, Todd? Yes, Dan, I can hear you. Awesome. Okay. Well, Todd, I'm just uh, doing a quick uh, introduction because everybody listening knows me, Dan Cryer, and my buddy Ryan Smith here. Ryan, say hi. Hello, everyone. Okay. And so we've been going over the recaps from last week, and now we're going to get into this week. So I got another good friend of mine here. His name is Max King. Max is awesome. He's a, he's a producer of radio shows, and Max is a sports writer. He's following the swim team this year, and he's doing all sorts of stuff here at Michigan State. So Max King, please say hello to everybody. Hello. It's an honor to be on the the legend that they call Walk the Line with the two legends <laughs> nice. of themselves, so appreciate it. Well, we appreciate it. We yeah, appreciate this is great. Yeah. This is great. And Max, now you're you're a, a senior this year. That's correct. And you are a communication major, or are you journalism? Journalism. Journalism. See, that's good. So Max and I have something in common. Ryan's communication major. So that's right. Okay, so now today we have a special. So the three of us, Todd, are Michigan State. Experts, I would say, as as expert as one could get, perhaps that can sure. be a good or bad thing. That means we've right. seen one too many Michigan State football games. Last yes, two years. we've seen four of them this season that <laughs> that are making us make facial expressions here on the radio. Now, you, Todd, are an expert of the Iowa Hawkeyes. Is that true? Um. That'll work for today's purposes, sure. Yeah, well, allow me to vet you and your vet your expertise. So, give me a little background on yourself and why you like the Hawkeyes so much. Um, I grew up there. I grew up, oh, like an hour north of Iowa City. Um, and let's see, I'm just turned 37, so I've been a Hawkeye fan for slightly less than 38 years. <laughs> um, and that's really about it. So, okay. Just, you know, kind of a lifelong deal. Okay, if I were to visit your, 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 your place of residence, would I see anything gold and black? Um, yes, typically there would be a Hawkeye flag hanging outside the window, um, except it got ripped off in a windstorm last year. <laughs> Otherwise, various articles of clothing lying about and that's right, know, pint glasses and such. Well, when I think of you, I think of you with a ski cap on that's a black ski cap with the Hawkeye symbol on it. So that's that's the yeah, Todd exactly. that I'm thinking that I'm speaking to right now. Now, Todd, and, and, and share, because, you know, we have some good Michigan State members. We've seen some we've seen some wins. We're happy about the bowl victory in the Buffalo Wild Wings Bowl last year. What's your favorite Hawkeyes football memory of your life? Oh, Jesus. Um, <laughs> favorite, uh, I guess the most obvious one would be um, October 12th, I think, 1985. I was nine years old in third grade. It was Iowa was number one, Michigan was number two, and they rolled into Kinnick. Um, big, you know, number one, number two matchup, Brent Musburger on the mic, and we beat Michigan. We, because, you know, I played really hard that day, <laughs> uh, beat Michigan with a last second or last seven seconds field goal uh, by Rob Houtland, um to win 12 to 10, and then we went to the Rose Bowl and got shellacked by UCLA. That's okay. Now listen, now you just endeared yourself to everybody at Michigan State by saying your favorite memory is beating Michigan Wolverines. So exactly. that there's nothing better. I think everybody listening here at Michigan State can admit there's nothing better in life than seeing the Michigan Wolverines lose. Well, so. to, any, to any Hawkeye fan, if you just say the kick... 
everyone knows what you mean. Okay, so that's the one that made it 10-9 to 12-10. Hmm. We, yeah. we at Michigan State are familiar with the score range of that from <laughs> 2012 season, which we are not going to talk about. But, okay, so I'm going to well, let... There's still a 15-13, uh, to 13, I think it was, but... Also close. Okay, okay. Well, here's what here's what's going to go on now. We're we're going to discuss because this is a sport, a statistical based, uh, analytical sports prognostication show, and we talk about scores and stuff. So w- before we get into your expertise, and I, I want to have Ryan ask you about a player in particular. Uh, I just like to tell everybody that this week, Michigan State, when the when the betting lines opened, that the Iowa Hawkeyes began as one-point favorites, and this game is a home game. It's on ESPN2 at 12 noon Eastern, 11 a.m. Central Time, which is where it's being played in Iowa. And now, for some reason, Michigan State is favored by one one and a half points, okay? And the over-under in the game is 38 and a half. So before we get into what we think, uh, Ryan, why don't you uh, ask, ask to Todd about some players on the team? Yeah, we'll get going with some of the Iowa aspect of it. I from the suburbs of Chicago played CJ Fedorowicz in basketball and I was excited he was uh, on a lot of people's list very high for uh, tight ends this year in the Big Ten he's getting about a catch a game what's going on there um that would be our question too uh, <laughs> nice. yeah he was from like Johnsburg yeah or he went, or yeah Johnsburg Johnsburg there you go Illinois um was arguably the top tight end recruit in the country and originally signed with some other Big Ten school that used to have football and then switched to Iowa. And, you know, he, he came in, you know, riding a tidal wave of hype and did, like, okay for the first few years. Like, you know, in typical Ferris fashion, um, did not see a ton of time his freshman year. Um, he had to learn how to block first. He, were, he was originally a wide receiver in high school, I think. Um, so he kind of had to relearn a position. Um, I mean, the kid's... Enormous. He's like nine feet tall and weighs four hundred pounds. Yeah, you don't have to tell me. Yeah, he ran over a couple times on the court. So, yeah, um, his biggest thing was learning how to block, which he's done um, very well. Um, The odd thing now is just a kid that size. You, I mean, were it me, like any time we got to the red zone or close to it, I'd just tell him to go stand. Throw it up. Throw it. Yeah. Yeah. And. We've done that a couple times to success, but not as much as you would think. Um, he does see—he has decent hands. He's usually good for like a late game first down um, every week. But he does seem to have a tendency to get tackled by Gossamer. Um, he falls down at just you know a puff of breeze. <laughs> uh, so I don't—we don't—we yeah we have the same question. Okay, so what I'm going to do then now? See, I'm we got so we're talking about the tight end, and and I'm going to just uh, have you talk in a second about the quarterback. I think his name is uh, is it Rockwell? What's his name, Todd? Jake Rudock. Ru- Rudock. Okay, see yeah. exactly. And then you have a, a Weissman running back. Is that correct? Yep. Okay, and Iowa's right now four and one on the season. They def- they lost in the opener to Northern Illinois. They won over Missouri State. They won over Iowa State on the road. They destroyed Western Michigan, who's a common opponent between Michigan State and, and Iowa. And then last week, they went into undefeated Minnesota and were up 17 nothing in the halftime, winning 23-7. So before I get to you again, Todd, I want to hear from Max. Based on what you've seen this season from Michigan State and based on these scores from Iowa, what do you think about the, the game uh, for Saturday? Well, I, I think it's, it's very interesting because I think, first of all, I look at the two offenses. Uh, they are statistically at the bottom of the Big Ten. You have Iowa at number 10 and Michigan State at number 11, okay, averaging 32 a game and 28 respectively. Now, I think for Mich- on the Michigan State side, you look at their four games, you say, how in the world are we averaging 28 points? <laughs> and the answer is Youngstown State. Exactly. So, so I look at that and I say, okay, not great offenses. Okay, so I look at the total, so I, that's scoring offense, ex- excuse me, and then I look at the total offense, still that not that great. Okay, you got Iowa 8, Michigan State still rocking the 11th seed there. Okay, so <laughs> then you go down to pass offense, Again, same thing, 10 and 11, Iowa, Michigan State. So it's not going to be an offensive battle, which I don't think anyone really thought it was, but the statistics are definitely pointing that out. But on the other side, look at the defense, complete opposite. You have the number one and number two teams in the Big Ten, Michigan State and Iowa. Now, it's hard for me 
completely unbiased here, tried to put Iowa at the same tier as Michigan State defensively because okay. you look at the numbers, Iowa's averaging 268 yards allowed per game, which is good. Okay, that's obviously it's good enough for second the Big Ten. Yeah. And I know you have to take this with a grain of salt because, again, we're just getting into the Big Ten mm-hmm. season. A lot of this is statistically just from non-conference, generally weaker schedules, but still, it's what we have. So, yeah. so then you have Michigan State averaging 188 point uh, yards given up per game, which is phenomenal. Very good. Also have to consider, though, that Iowa has played one more game, which also factors into those numbers. But So you see good, two very good defenses and two poor offenses. Right. So that already tells your weight there. It's going to be a long, grinding game. Mm-hmm. And so you also look at a couple other things. Time of possession. Top two in the Big Ten time of possession. So when they, even if they do have some success, it's going to take a long time for that to kind of come to fruition. They like to hold the ball a lot. So um, when you look at that, you have two good defenses, two pretty not good Offenses. Mm-hmm. However, I think, though, the, the one thing that Iowa separates themselves with is they do have Mark Weissman, who is second in the Big Ten in rushing. Yeah, this over year. 600 I, yards. Yeah, and I think you have to take that in consideration. And really, I mean, he you could almost say he's first because, I mean, he has a lot more attempts than Melvin Gordon from Wisconsin, who is averaging 10 yards a carry. Yeah, that's crazy. Which is ridiculous. But mm-hmm. So I think that's an act. So it's going to be really interesting to see Weissman go against that defense because and it goes both ways. Weissman's never has is this is the best defensive line he's going to see. At the same time, though, this is going to be one of the best running backs that Michigan State's going to see. Okay. So it's going to be really interesting. It's definitely going to be defensive battle. If you're looking for scoring, change the channel. Okay. So this is then, I guess, before I'm going to throw it to Ryan for one second, then ask you, Todd. But so, Ryan, can you agree with this? Because uh, Max is pointing out that we're looking at a game that's probably staying under 38 and a half. What yeah, are your thoughts on yeah, that, Ryan? I'm with Max on that one. This game's going to be under. Both defenses are going to rely on their team because, you know, if Iowa comes out and gives up you know, two touchdowns to us the first two drives of the game, you know, they're they're scrambling there because we have not shown any signs of life, at, you know, as far as offense besides the Youngstown State game. So they're going to rely on their defense to keep them in the game just like we're going to rely on our defense to keep mm-hmm. us in the game. So my question for Todd actually is, you know, what's the feeling around Iowa City? Because I remember sitting through a miserable Iowa-Michigan State game here last year. Raining. It was terrible weather, and, you know, Iowa beat Michigan State. So because of that, are they feeling, you know, like this is a very doable game, and this can kind of get their season rolling, go to 5-1, and one, and, uh, you know, you're looking bold That's a great question. Here. What do you think, Todd? Um, after last season, the mood, um, at least around most of the fan base that I talked to and stuff, was pretty negative myself included nobody was expecting too much i think i was saying we'd end up four and eight five and seven um and that seemed to be pretty typical and i would say for the most part the mood has decidedly changed um this team looks way better than anybody imagined um on both sides of the ball and shoot even special teams um, that's not to say I, I don't think anybody's predicting these guys to win the leaders or legends or whatever the hell. <laughs> we don't know either. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, it's, um, but I think most people have gone from, you know, that four and eight, five and seven range to six and six or seven and five, which is kind of where I've moved to. I think we could easily end up in a really terrible Dallas bowl or whatever, um, which would be great after the just utter, dog turd that was last year so (laughs) well yeah i'm even going to interject here and say then that's you know the key for michigan state is because of that they cannot be the highlight of iowa's season they can't go in there and lose and you know you said you don't think they'll win whatever side of the division we're all on but why not i mean michigan has been you know they're up and down more down than up and you know if northwestern starts off with a loss if iowa wins this game this is huge for them all of a sudden they're on top of the division to start the year and you know who knows then and that's where a lot of us are right now. It's like, you know, everyone's kind of tentative to, like, throw out that, like, well, shoot, we could run the table here or whatever until we see what happens on Saturday because yep. Northwestern is a paper kitty. I'm sorry that I'm not the least bit impressed. You watch it, buddy. Um, <laughs> you watch it. I'm a Northwestern <laughs> grad. Okay, just continue with your Iowa talking. Nebraska um, does not look like Nebraska. No, not at you all. Expect and Polini's not long for this world. <laughs> um, Michigan, yeah, who knows what they're all about? So it. I mean, who knows? It could very well come down. It is, to, and that's, it, that's yeah. why Saturday is so big because you know this is a chance for either these teams to throw their name in the hat to right. surprise people. So 
Yep. And so, 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 in, in the there's a three and one team and a four and one team. So that's either way. And guess what? Yeah. Everyone's zero and zero. Boy, it's pretty. 10, yeah, it's pretty it nice. And and either one who comes out with victory, four and one teams feeling great. Five and one, you guys are feeling really great. So let's yeah. let's kind of not not quickly wrap this up, but I do want to I want to get onto some other picks this weekend. And Todd, it's been great talking to you. So Todd, why don't you give me a give me an honest opinion? Give me a full score. What do you think when the game ends on Saturday? What do you think the score is going to be and who's going to win? Um, first of all, anyone who takes the over is nuts. <laughs> um, 38 and a half or whatever it is now, that's, that's insane. So it'll definitely be a low scoring, um, slug fest for an hour. Um, I think though, man, I don't know. I, I could see, I could see it going either way, but I'm going to go Iowa like 13 to 10, 14 to 12, you know, something like that where, um, kind of similar to last year, like Wiseman is like trying to tackle a piano, and I think the key. Um, uh, one of you guys, Max or Ryan, brought up um, time of possession, and that's going to be big because Iowa also leads yeah. the conference in number of plays per game. So what we're looking for is nice Iowa slow push, down push mm-hmm. tempo as much as possible. It'll still be Smash Mouth football, but at a very high. And he likes the dogs. So, you know, the more and more quickly they can pound Wiseman, pound Wiseman, and then uh-huh. even complete a pass or something. Okay, uh, you know, we'll see. All right, well, we'll hang hang with us for one second because I want you to hear what you what you think here. So let's go to Max. So Max, give me a score and give me an outcome for Saturday. Well, first of all, I completely agree with Todd. They're mm-hmm. they're not going to cover this this weekend. There's just no way. Um, you mean the over under? They're not yes, going to go yeah, over. Yeah. They're not okay. Go over. Sure. Um, and so, I look at this game, and I'm going. I'm going kind of the same side as Todd. I'm going to go a 16 to 10 Iowa. And the reason I say that is a couple of reasons. First of all, I was looking at the statistics, and I saw something really interesting. Um, first of all, is field goals. Okay. Now, a lot of people think field goals is a wimpy statistic, and whatever. That's rightfully so. Points are points, man. And yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. Iowa leading the Big Ten in attempts and uh, field goals made in the Big Ten. They're eight for ten. Okay, that's the most in the Big. Ten Michigan State tied for second with field goals made. So two teams that kick the kick the ball through the uprights a lot. So that's something I can I, I factor into mm-hmm. that score. Yeah. I also think something that's going to be really interesting as well is the penalties because for yeah. the most part Michigan State and Iowa on paper they're statistically they're either good at, they're both really good at something or they're both pretty poor at something except for penalties. Michigan State the most penalized team in the Big Ten with 303 yards penalized. That's an average of 75 yards per game. I'm sure the Notre Dame game didn't help that cause. But Iowa on the other hand one of the more disciplined teams at 225 yards. Okay, they're fourth in the Big Ten so that's that's going to be a really really interesting thing because you know, you, you get a you get a big penalty on you in a close game that's really slow, low scoring. I mean, you get a big penalty, especially if Michigan State continues to get those pass interference calls. Whether they're good or bad doesn't matter. They're going to happen. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, yep. they, they get called. You got to accept. Okay, that. give me a score now. That's going to be a big thing. So, okay, sixteen to ten, Iowa. Sixteen to ten. He's putting a stamp on it. Double stamp it. Boom. Well, yeah, you guys talked about time of possession, and then uh, you know, going off of that, I have yet to see a team drive the length of the field on the Michigan State defense this year. So I think the key for us, turnovers haven't been a big, you know, a big part of our offense. Yeah, they've struggled, but they haven't turned the ball over. So I think uh, you know, uh, field positioning is going to be huge in this game. We talked field goals and penalties and stuff like that. Michigan State has to avoid, you know just allowing Iowa to get into field goal range because of penalties or fumbles or bad punts or whatever. And I, I see us winning this game. You know, you guys all have uh, Iowa, sadly, but I'm going uh, Michigan State 19-13. 19-13. Okay. Now, that leaves it up to me, and I'm going to be the one who brings <laughs> up the thing that I told myself I wasn't going to bring up. I do this a lot in life. I say I'm not going to do something, and then I go and do it. Last week against Notre Dame, Michigan State had one drive to go, and I'm not here, we're talking about statistics, I'm not here to make editorial comments on coaching decisions, but what D'Antonio did by putting Andrew Maxwell in the game was put question marks on the team. We don't know who the leader is, and because of that, I'm just going to go with a straight-up repeat performance. So I think we've all firmly agreed that the under 38.5 would be a miracle, even if it went to triple overtime. <laughs> all right? So I'm going to do a repeat performance, 17-13 loss. And, and, and I'm going to stick with – you know what? 
because of Max being so awesome, I'm going to go down to 16-13 and say that Michigan State gets one defensive touchdown with two field goals, and Iowa just works itself into three field goals and a touchdown and wins 16-13. So we're all staying under, Todd. So what, but, but Ryan picked Michigan State to win, and, and Max and I like Iowa to win. So do you. So how do you think all that? Um, I think all of those picks are extremely reasonable. Um, it'll be whatever it'll be. It'll most likely be close and low scoring and uh, violent. And so what? Yeah, a, a perfect football game. And really. what happens in so? In, and is there a big party atmosphere going to happen? Because I know I know one publication, and I'm not exactly sure which one. Named Iowa, big party school there. So you guys going to have some fun in Iowa City? Then I, I know you'll be in Chicago, but uh, you think they'll be partying I, up if they win? Can't imagine it wouldn't be. It's homecoming. Um, the weather should be at least decent, although it's supposed to be windy. Whatever. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's. I'm sure it'll be nuts. All right, well, Todd, I'm going to thank you for calling in and being a part of Walk the Line here this week on what I'm calling Episode 5. And um, is there anything else you guys want to ask no. Todd for? So, yeah, Todd, thank you very much, man. Thanks for yeah, calling thanks, in, Todd. You take care, man. I'll talk to you later. Okay, thanks. Okay, bye. All right, and then if I can figure out how to drop a call, which I can't. Just, drop. Just, Boom. I think I hit drop. <laughs> Who knows? See you, Todd. See you, <laughs> Okay, now I'm going to stick it here. I'm going to count on Todd to hang up his cell phone. And then I just want to, before I throw it back to anything, I just want to quickly say thank you to Max for sitting in with us. We're going to do the bro fist here through the air. No problem. All right, and so Max... Really great, really great to hear from you. I mean, like your your input's always welcome here on Appreciate Walk the Line. It. So uh, uh, let me just uh, hold on over here and uh, get the door for Max here. So, all right, Max, thanks for it. visiting, man. Thanks for having Good me. Good seeing you, Max. All right. See, wasn't that cool, Ryan? Like Max was here. Todd's calling. It's always good to have guests come in and talk. Well, talk sports. I got to be honest. I have self-esteem issues. I yeah, I'm scared. I mean, you and I are best friends. You're my bud, you know. <laughs> but I'm just like, oh, nobody, you know. But look, we got people calling from other states. We got Max King here. I mean, walk, that's awesome. Walk the lines, going big. Walk the line. I can't. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm picturing billboards all over the town, all over the state, all over the internet, baby. All right, yeah. All right. I'm gonna reel you back. In okay. Here. Okay. Let's what are we talking, talking about? So. Let's start Talking college we, football we finished here. off. We, everybody there thought the game against Michigan uh, for Michigan State. I was going to stay low. So Ryan, introduce what you think is the game of the week this week for Week Six of college football. Well, let's just stay local and uh, do the Big Ten. Ohio mm-hmm. State is minus seven at Northwestern, and the over under in that one is sixty point five points. Wow. So what do you like it in that one? Well, here's the thing. I'm a Northwestern grad, and it's going to skew my brain a little bit. But I got to be honest, Northwestern. Is a perennial what? Underdog. They're the dogs. They're the dogs. The cats are the dogs. And this week, you know, this whole ESPN game days there thing, that doesn't really matter to me. I mean, no, no. Northwestern's been looking at this game specifically. They knew they were good enough if they said, if we go to Cal Berkeley and win, and Pat Fitzgerald, because Pat Fitzgerald's coming off a bowl win in the first of his tenure, and really the first in a long time. So the thing about Northwestern is they really have. Really what it takes to, to, I think, show the kind of that Rose Bowl spirit this year. And this is the game where they're seven-point underdogs. So I'm just going to go right out and say I'm expecting a very high-scoring game because Ohio State loves to get up and down. I know they put, uh, what was it, what did we say for Wisconsin last week? What was the 31-27? Yeah, something That game like that. stalled out in the second 31-24. half. 31-24. 31-24, excuse me. And, so, and, it, and this week the over-under 60.5. So right away – do I have the guts to pick Northwestern to win today? Yes, I do. I've been waiting for Urban Meyer to lose one game. I thought Wisconsin was going to do Haven't we all, man? Haven't I know, I know. And so the thing is, Northwestern is, this is their, we're showing you who's, we're the kind of the awesome team of destiny. They're finally putting a stop to Urban Meyer's run. So this seven points is is a great, I'm, I, I wouldn't do a money line, but I would take the seven points, but right, I'm going to go here. Come out and give us the call. Are you take the do it. or not? I'm doing a late touchdown to win it. I'm wow. going to go 30. That would be huge. They're going to they're going to go up by 5, go for 2 and miss it. So I'm going to go 30 37 32 Northwestern. Wow, all right. That's a that's the big pick of the week mm-hmm. right there. What do you got? Well, if you were to ask me 2 years ago, what's the worst thing in college football? It's Ohio State winning. <laughs> and you know what's worse than Ohio State winning? What's that? Urban Meyer winning at, at Ohio, Ohio State. State. So, you know what? They're going to win this game and cover just to drive me crazy. Okay. And I'm going to go Ohio State 41 31. 
41 31. So I'm liking high scoring in that game. Yeah, Ohio State's really shown a dominance. Braxton Miller's back, too. He's, he's had a week under his belt now. But And the reason that I, I, I like I said, Northwestern has not shown any signs. They, they're 4 0. They, they, played, they played Maine and didn't look great. They played Western Michigan and they took it easy on them. But but they, they roughed up Syracuse. They went on the road. Everybody's roughing up Cal Berkeley. But Northwestern looks like a team that can spring this home craziness because they're going to have a packed, packed house. And I think that the crowd's going to add a dimension to that game that's going to let Northwestern have an extra, like, you know. Yeah, and what a great way to get Big Ten play started because for that, you know, for Ohio State, mm-hmm. you know, that's, you know, their, their big game against this side of the division. If they can beat Northwestern and show their dominance in the Big Ten and get going there, that's mm-hmm. going to be a fun game to sit down and watch Saturday mm-hmm. night. And since we're staying in the Big Ten, now I'm going to move us on just very shortly to my Illini, Illinois. I, you know, I was born in Champaign, and so the Illini, I, I said there's no way they cover against Miami, Ohio last week. I was completely wrong. The game was 36 nothing at halftime. The Illini won 50-14. to I, I don't know what's going on. So this is finally a test to see what's up with the Illini because they're 3-1. and one. They're getting nine points at Nebraska, who gave up, who was up 21-7 on UCLA, ended up losing 41-21. 41-20, so Nebraska has that horrible loss on their mind. It's an early game. It's 11 a.m. local time. I'm liking Illini to cover in what would be a high-scoring game there because Illinois has shown a, a really good uh, you know ability to put points on the board. Shieldhouse is passing. So I'm going to go with a high-scoring game. I think Illinois loses the game, but I'm going to go with a 38-31 loss for, Illinois, for Nebraska to win that over Illinois. I'm going to go Nebraska to win but not cover. I'm going to go Nebraska 34-28. 34-28. Okay, cool. What do you want to do next, Ryan? Throw one at me. Uh, let's talk. Let's go out west and do Washington Stanford. All right. What well, do you think about that? Well, Washington is at Stanford, who's looked pretty good as of late, and their Stanford is minus seven at home. Over under fifty two. I'm going to come out right away and say what I like about that game is lots and lots of points. Points. Yeah, tons Shing. of points. If you're if you're a little down after watching Michigan State Iowa and no points, <laughs> flip flip on over to Washington Stanford to see the points. Yes. So I'm going to go high scoring in that game. I like the over more than anything, but I'm going to go Stanford to win the game 42-34. 42-34, thereby covering. Covering right. and going over, correct. Now, as an, everything relates to the Illini in some way to me, and Washington started out the year with a big win against Boise State in Seattle. They crushed Boise they State. They killed them. And Washington beat Arizona pretty pretty handily last week at home. They went to Chicago and beat Illinois, who's proven to be a pretty decent team. That final score was 34-24 Washington. Now, this game, like Ryan said, points, 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 I mean, points, 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 points. Yeah, between the two teams, the lowest scoring game is 31 so yeah, and Stanford has the ability to get to the wide receivers for forty yard gains. Washington has a just an up tempo offense. So this game's probably going to be something like twenty seven twenty three at halftime or thirty seven thirteen at halftime. And Stanford really came out and blasted Arizona State in their game, and then gave up points in the second half. I think Washington is a team that's being underestimated. I think it's going to go way over, like Ryan said. I'm going to go with thirty eight thirty four Washington to cover, not win. So I'm going to go with Stanford, 38-34. I can't do it. I I was going to say it, but I can't do it. Stanford's a great team. Stanford's Rose Bowl bound in my mind. And, you know, if it weren't for Oregon, Stanford would be one of the upper echelon. I can't wait till that final four football thing starts so we can start talking about a Stanford maybe getting into this. So what do we got? One more year of this BCS stuff to do? Yeah, this is the last year. Thank goodness. So, but we, I I respect Stanford. I just think Washington's going to cover, but definitely I got 72. That's 20 over. This, this, 52 over under that's a crazy crazy low that's too low we're gonna need a whole other show just to talk about uh bcs final four and all i know that kind of stuff exactly and why there should be one well let's finish off ncaa and get into nfl but do me one more one more game ryan because the over under is 62 and arizona state yeah. is favored by five and a half at notre dame so it, notre dame has now become god notre dame is just such a tough team to pick for or against either way you never mm-hmm. know what they're gonna do they've I don't want to say inconsistent, but it's just they're such a tough read, and because mm-hmm. you know some te- sometimes they play great D, sometimes they play great offense. If mm-hmm. Tommy if Tommy Reese is playing well, um, I do like Arizona State to come in and win that one. They've looked pretty good. They cost Lane Kiffin his job last week. They did sixty two to forty one. Yeah, they lost to a great Stanford team. Yeah, you know, and they they beat Wisconsin on that fluke game and won fifty five nothing versus Sacramento State. So Arizona State has looked good. It's always interesting when teams come east 
you know, time differences exactly. and stuff like that. So it's always tough. But, um, you know, I like Arizona State to win this game by a touchdown. I'll go, you know, 31-24. 31-24. Okay, so you're keeping it under. Correct. And that's funny. This is where I take the opportunity to agree 100% with Ryan. So I'm going to put in, what did you just say? 31-24. <laughs> exactly. See, I'm just checking. All right. I would so never lead you astray. 31-24. You like Arizona State to win and cover that game? Correct. All right. Now, and, and Ryan used a phrase there, he, and that which made me, he said, Notre Dame is such a... And then, and then I said, oh, great. I wish I had a, a sensor button here. Because when you say Notre Dame is such a, and I think you said tough team to predict. <laughs> but, I mean, I could fill in the gaps with so many different, uh, oh, I should, okay, the dog's making me stop. Okay, so that one we are going with the favorite to finish off. And there's some other good games around uh, college football uh, this weekend. Just kidding. Okay, so <laughs> let's get into the NFL game. So let me type in our, let me lock in our scores for next week so we can look back on this. But we've been doing pretty well, so right. we, we know our stuff. So while NFL. You're do, while you're doing that, I'm going to get us going with the first NFL game. This is an interesting one. The Saints had a great Monday night win over a Dolphins team that is a lot better than people thought. Most it. definitely. That game ended 38-17 on Monday night. But this, you know, the Dolphins are still going to be a great team and that, their division's wide open, so I don't see any reason they can't take that. Anyways, Saints go into Chicago who's coming off that tough loss like we mentioned you know didn't look like you know I I said it on the show last week and we picked the Bears because they've looked so great so far this year and especially defensively yeah and they came in and just got blitzed by by uh Detroit in that game the score was a lot closer than it was they got a touchdown and a two-point conversion at the end yep it was weird so two of them I think yeah New Orleans is on the road at Chicago that game's a pick them it's a straight pick them and I like New Orleans to win that game based on how the solely on how the Bears played last week. I agree. If that's how their defense is going to be. Stafford is great, and Drew Brees is even better, and uh-huh. he's going to come in. I got him thirty-eight twenty-one Saints. Wow, blowing them out. Wow, I'm going to put that down. Hopefully, <laughs> thirty-eight twenty. Well, Ryan's not the biggest Bears fan in the world, to put it lightly. Now, I think New Orleans is going to win a game that does go over. I don't see them winning by 17. I do see the game. Because Chicago seems like a team that will get down 17 and then score two touchdowns late. Yeah, maybe. You know what I mean? Like, really, it was bad because Color gave up a pick six last week against the Lions. Uh, Bears had protection problems. New Orleans looks confident. So, I mean, I'm going to just I'm gonna keep it high like you do. And I'm going to say, because this 48 and a half, I mean, you can get there so many different ways. 27, 24. It's going over, yeah. I mean, so I, I'm going to go with um, uh, 28-24. That's a 52-point, and it's going to go over. So I'm going to go 28-24 New Orleans. You talked me off the ledge a little bit here. I'll, I'll keep 38 for the Saints, but okay. I'll, I'll give the Bears, you know, 27. I'll, okay. I'll get them a little bit closer of a game, like a little you said. amendment. Yeah, they can, they can uh, come back and score a late touchdown or something. Meaningless to, touchdowns. We'll see. I mean, this is the point of the season where the Bears start becoming the Bears. They're like, did you guys like our 3-0 start? It's October now. It's, uh-huh. it's time did for Did you that. like that? Yeah. So, time to lose. Another interesting game of two teams that are equally as tough to read as, uh, you know, Notre Dame. Yeah. New England at Cincinnati, and Cincinnati killed me last week. Me too. You know, they were minus three in Cleveland. In Cleveland. And Cleveland seemed like a fluke, and the Vikings were like, oh, yeah. the Vikings are probably just a lot worse oh, than I a lot know. of people thought. That was a no-brainer in my head. I, you know, I, I even kept it light. The minus three kept me down, and I thought you know the Bengals would win that one by 14, 17, 21. Who I guess knows? that in-state, in-state you know, motivation. But man, oh, man. And the Bengals, they just didn't look good. They couldn't move the ball against the Brownies. And so, well, and New England is New England. So, yep. you know, and I like where you're going with this because I'm thinking I'm, the same thing. You know, Cincinnati's minus one, and the over-under is 45. 45. New England starting to look better. They had a, you know, they had a tough beginning of the year. They were still winning games because that's what the Patriots do. Yep. So I'm going to have the Patriots winning this one 27-23. 27-23 for New England. All right. And the 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 Bengals lost 17-6. to So if you were saying, Dan, you need to come over here and re-watch this replay of the 17-6 Browns game, I'm going to be like, hey, we're talking four or five digits minimum. And you're asking playing. if they played the Steelers. Yeah, I mean, 17-6, to and this is what Cleveland did. So I'm not saying that New England has world beater defense, but I... I mean, come on. What happened to Cincinnati? I don't know what's going on. So I do not like Cincinnati to do anything. I think they should just feel bad about themselves for like three weeks. 
So, but New England, Tom Brady's looking good with Kendrell Perkins and whoever they have. I don't. It doesn't matter, right? The whole number eighty-five. He looks like Ocho Stinko. I don't. It doesn't matter. He catches the ball. He's in the end zone. So I'm going to go with the Patriots to win. I'm going to go with the Patriots to win by over seven, just because I think that they're that much better. So I'm going to go with a twenty-eight twenty win on that one for okay. for New England. All right, and the next up, we uh, we're going to stay local here. The Detroit Lions head to to Lambeau Field to take on the Packers, who are minus seven at home. The over under in that one is fifty three and a half. Just instinctively, I like a lot of points to be scored in that. The weather's yes. still nice in Green Bay. Both offenses have been putting up lots of points. Packers have been putting up about twenty five a week. I don't know what the Lions are, so uh, we'll see. What do you what do you like hey, in that well, game? Well, okay, you said it right in the head. It's still nice weather, and the the first thing I'm saying, wow, Green Bay minus seven. That's a, that's interesting because the Lions have looked really pretty decent this year. I, I agree. Mean, they, I would agree with that. The, Frustrating, but they've looked good. They they gave up that game against the Arizona Cardinals, and that's a head shaker. But they do show the ability to have big plays, and so this fifty three and a half. I definitely think it's over. I think Green Bay wins the game. I think Green Bay wins by six. So are I'm, you going thirty four twenty eight? That's what I'm going. I'm going to go with both in the thirties. So I'm going to go thirty seven thirty one Green Bay. How about that? Just to make a little difference. So you and then. I like 34-28. So 34-28, and you like Green Bay? Correct. Okay. And, I mean, is is this the year where the Lions keep surprising, keep surprising? Because if they go in and win this, then they've really shown they've beaten. Then they would have defeated the Vikings, the Bears, and the Packers. And I don't think they did. They they weren't very good in the division last year at well, all. They, I mean, I don't, shoot, they only went four and twelve. How they might not they even got. Yeah, yeah they, they might not have. And so you know, the Reggie Bush, he he showed up in the second quarter last week and went for like thirty-seven yard touchdown. And, and so. your boy Joik Bell, Joik. <laughs> I it took me about nine times. I said Joik. So good. Hey, if that guy keeps trucking people in the middle of the line like he does, the Lions are a tough team, you know, because you got Megatron bombs on the outside, and it's just uh, it, this could be a, a surprise because Green Bay could be a letdown team. They they gave it up in Cincinnati, and they just don't seem like Green Bay this year. You That's know. why I definitely like the Lions to cover that seven. That seems like an and the over the Lions with the over baby. That's almost like a hot pick right there. Yeah, and the thing about the Packers is they've lost to teams in San Francisco and Cincinnati who you think oh those are good teams but then those teams haven't done anything besides beat the Packers this year so you yep. know Lions can some can surprise the Packers this week and get a win okay so let's go over two more games and then we're going to get to our Denver Broncos but so real quick this is a, the, the toughest game it's Seattle Seahawks minus three at Indianapolis the over under is 43 and a half so right away I don't even know this over under I wouldn't do anything no 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 but Indianapolis to me getting three points at home it looked like Seattle they're great but I they really struggled think in Houston they last struggled week. and Indianapolis went showed to, that they can go into San Francisco and handle their business so I like I'm just gonna say right away I'm just gonna come right out and say I'm liking Indianapolis to win this game 24 to 21 I'm picking the dog in that one too Again, Seattle, a West Coast team coming east. I don't. Is that a one o'clock game? It or? is a one o'clock game. So yep. it's always tough that time difference. Home team in the NFL. Colts have been looking good this year. Seahawks have looked equally as good, if not better. But yeah. last week is making me feel a little more comfortable. I'm going to go with you and agree. Twenty four, twenty one, Colts. All right. And I mean, what's not to like? You got Luck, who was great last year. Now you got Trent Richardson in there. They're it's a home start- team. They're getting three points at home. I mean, that's pretty nice. Yeah, I, I'm with you on that one. I mean, and that, look, Seattle is really good, and as long as Luck doesn't throw a Shaw-like pass to Richard Sherman, they should be fine. It'll be know? interesting to see how Luck handles that Seattle defensive pressure. Yeah, and we could be looking. I mean, Seattle really is standing out. If, if I were to have to guess a Super Bowl right now, it'd be the Broncos and the Seahawks, and I think I've said that before. I mean, it really seems like those are the two toughest teams in each league. Yeah, and that'd be fun to watch. Good defense versus good offense. Now, here's a game that I think is strange because the because the road team is not a dog so I'm not even going to touch the dog keyboard right now because it's Kansas City minus three at Tennessee and I'm saying okay Kansas City has been really really wrecking teams and now Jake Locker is out four to eight weeks with a hip injury and Tennessee has looked great really because of Jake Locker I don't think a Tennessee without their leader is anything. And the overners 38 and a half, that one I wouldn't even get I don't care about that. This one I care about Kansas City going in and handling their business in, in an ugly game, a 26-16 type game, but maybe 20 to 10, 20-13. So I'm going to go Chiefs 20 to 13 in that game. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you again on this one. The over under in that one's just so tough with no locker, you know, the 
Titans could come in and score three points. Who knows? Yeah. But, um, you know, the Chiefs have been a really surprising team this year. They're fun to watch. They've, yeah. You know, 4-0, and they're looking to contend with the Broncos out we, west. We cheered so loudly during that McCluster run back <laughs> last week. He run. shook like eight or nine Giants. <laughs> How many times did we watch that? Oh, that was a thing of beauty. And really, I mean, just Kansas City looks like they're a team that won the division a few years ago with now Alex Smith and Andy Reid. It, it's always funny to say someone broke someone else's ankles. Well, he, he literally made four guys fall over on that he, play. <laughs> when he got to midfield, he leaned to the right, and the <laughs> linebacker just tumbled as he went left around him. It was awesome. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna ride the Chiefs bandwagon here, especially with no locker. Tennessee is always it's a tough place to yeah. play. I don't know why, but mm-hmm. it is because um, like, they don't take care of their field. Yeah, I like Chiefs to win that one, 26-16. There you go. All right, repeat performance from the that's the score that they beat Philly with earlier. Okay, now we go to the game. Let's let's wrap up NFL for week 5 by saying Denver's minus 7.5 at Dallas. The Cowboys and I'm going to let Ryan pick first on this one. The Cowboys had a lead uh, last week in the first half against San Diego, I can only imagine how many champagne bottles Jerry Jones popped and shook hands and took photographs. The way Kraft took photographs with Mayweather last week, if anybody saw that, Kraft was on TV taking pictures with Mayweather, and then the Falcons get a, a touchdown, an onside kick, and another touchdown, and then he's, he's like, hold on, no more photos. So Dallas, is you got your Tony Romo cockiness, you got your Jerry Jones flamboyance, you got Jason Garrett saying that he wants it now, you know, and so I just, even though that was probably Harbaugh, but the point is Denver, I'm going to ride Denver till they, till they can't be ridden any longer. I'm going to ride them maybe like a Bronco horse should be ridden. <laughs> so Ryan, what do you think about Denver minus seven and a half with an over under 56 and a half? Yeah. Where's the, where's the button to click over? That's what I like yeah, the most. Like, yeah, every, yeah, what every, do I got? Every Broncos game, we're going to go yeah. over until some defense can prove it. Yes. It I just, was, it's I a was laugh. laughing on the, I think it was Fox NFL countdown or whatever the show is called now. Whatever they they started talking about this game and Tony Dungy's face just went blank <laughs> and he just goes oh no Peyton Manning's playing the defense he practiced against every day in Indianapolis Tony Dungy said he knows this offense better than any coach out there can even teach it or coach it mm-hmm. Peyton Manning's gonna pick Dallas apart Tony Romo's gonna you know he's gonna look confused like he oftentimes does. Yes. So I like Denver to win this game big, scoring points like they often do. I'm gonna go 48-31. 48-31. Okay. Let me go type this in here. 48-31. All right. And now is, I guess my final pick for the for the last pick of walk the line for this week. I'm gonna go with 45. Remember they said they put a 50 burger up last week. It's a on the 50 road. 50 burger. A 50 burger. So I'm gonna give them a 40 and a half burger. So they're scoring 45. <laughs> and you know Dallas is gonna get some points too. Yeah, I just gave him 31 just gave, because. <laughs> that's not that's not a bad thing. So I'm going to go 45-34 in that one and say Denver. But like Denver has been a blessing all year. They score lots of points. They whoop teams. Peyton Manning looks record setting. He so, looks great this year, that's for sure. Yes. So really what, what we have this week, just a quick summary, Ryan, you can agree with me or not. It's kind of a game. It's, Saturday's not as hyped. We're going to have some more really fun Saturdays coming soon, but it's going to be a really, really good, evenly match Sunday of NFL football. Yeah, as far as quantity, I think you're right. Saturday isn't quite as good as it has been the last couple of weeks, but I think there are some quality games, especially in the Big Ten, that are going to be fun to watch. Yeah, definitely. Well, I'd like to thank everybody at home for listening to Walk the Line. This has been Episode 5. You're listening to Impact Sports here at Impact 89 FM at Michigan State University. My name is Dan Cryer, and uh, it's just always a pleasure to uh, to talk to everybody every week, so thank you for listening. And uh, Ryan, what, what, what would you like to add to that? No, it's just always a pleasure to do it and uh, take us out of here, Dan. Look at me. I'm getting too hyped. I'm... Oh, extended version. <laughs> With Dan and Ryan, you just listen to Walk the Line. And it ends like this. Peace. Take care, buddy.